everybody says you know need to know your why you know what the challenge of most entrepreneurs is they all know their why they don't know how and nobody's talking about how somebody tell an entrepreneur how to build a team how to build system how to build strategy that is real education that they will value and that will change their life this is episode number 65 of the inspiring talk with entrepreneur rajiv talreza Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. I am very excited for this episode my friend. My guest today is a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author of the book lead or bleed and one of the leading business coaches in india rajiv talreza has been an entrepreneur and business coach for over a decade he has impacted over 500000 people through his coaching and training programs across the world he travels extensively to share his insights and systems on building and scaling your business He teaches a program called Business Space program where he teaches how one can grow their business without them. He was selected as one of the top 10 future leaders in India by Better Future Netherlands. You might have seen or heard about Rajiv on G Business, Entrepreneur India, The Economic Times and Business World among others. I have met Rajiv at one of his events and learned it on on scaling my business on this episode you will learn a lot of things about building and scaling your business we discuss about mindset of really successful entrepreneurs finding partners for your business building a team and mistakes to avoid in business and a lot more before we jump in make sure to subscribe to the inspiring talk podcast wherever you are listening to this podcast from so that you won't miss upcoming episodes with some of the most amazing guests that I bring on this show. Now, without further ado, let me welcome the one and only Rajiv Talreza. Welcome guys inside this episode we have Rajiv Talreza here with us today. Rajiv, thank you so much for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure in having you here. Thank you Vijay for having me on the show and uh A very warm welcome to all your listeners. Uh Rajiv I've heard you speak at National Achievers Conference and eventually attended your business space program and I must say it blew my mind the insights and information you know that you have shared on those 3 days had changed the way I look at my business right being the first time entrepreneur myself going through that program has helped me in terms of understanding the business better so I'd like to thank you uh you know at the first thing on this podcast itself because i'm pretty grateful for uh you to design that kind of program and you know i'm i feel myself quite lucky for being able to attend that program when i'm just you know uh new in this game of entrepreneurship so um so yeah thank you and, uh, thank you for your kindness vijay i knew at that program that i need to get you on the show and uh you know share the insights that you have with my listeners as well and if you remember i walked up to you after that program and asked you rajiv i need to get you on the show and you know i'm going to send you invite and here we are so thanks again for being here on the show 
Um, so I think the good place to uh, start this conversation, Rajiv, would be by sharing how you became an entrepreneur. What's your story? I'm an entrepreneur by force, not an entrepreneur by choice. So I'm not going to uh, start by saying I was born to be an entrepreneur or I desire, desired always to be an entrepreneur. Um, I come from a Sindhi middle class family where my dad was a retailer and he had a mobile store and he was one of those dads who you would hate as a teenage son uh, <laughs> because his only goal was to make your life hell. So my dad had rules for me. He would say four o'clock college ends by 4.30, you've got to be the Dukan. Uh, so every day my life was college till four and then 4.30, sit in the shop, sell mobile phones. Um, and uh, I hated that because my friends were freaking out, having fun in, uh, in cafes and pubs of Bangalore. Uh, so my only goal was to get out of my dad's business and therefore I wanted to pursue the great Indian career dream, which was to get a job after college, okay, get placed out of campus recruitments, then work for two years and then uh, write all the competitive exams, get into one of the top 10 B schools in India. Then from there, go abroad, work till 40 and at 40, watch the movie Swades three times, feel patriotic, <laughs> come back and start my own business. So I had this career graph charted out for myself while I was in college. Um, in the final year of my college, I got a pretty good job as well. And I took the offer letter. I went to my father and he tore the offer letter. And he said that uh, if they are willing to pay you a good amount of money, it means you're way more worth it than that. So you will not take up a job. You'll start your own business and you won't do business with me. You have to start something of your own. So for me, indirectly, that was mission accomplished. I didn't want to work with my dad. So uh, awesome. I'm, I'm always grateful to him for being that person who was tough at the right time and knew how to let go of me at the right time as well. So uh, I'm an entrepreneur by force because my dad forced me to be an entrepreneur. That's how I started. I think that's a very strong point, uh, Rajiv, that you have made about your dad being a strict person when it needed to be and then, you know, letting you go when he knew that now figure out the way for yourself, which is pretty interesting. If you have to look back and share some of the entrepreneurship lessons that you have learned from your dad, what would those lessons that you have, uh, you know, uh, got from your dad as an entrepreneur? So I think two most important lessons that I got from my dad. One was discipline, uh, which was that, you know what, a lot of people talk about doing what you love. And my dad said that if you do what you love, you will be in your comfort zone. You got to do what is necessary. Uh, and I feel that's a very relevant message for entrepreneurs, especially in today's era, especially the millennial entrepreneurs, because somewhere this, we as millennials believe that it's all about doing what you love. It's all about being free spirited and all of that. But I feel that success is not just in doing what you love, but doing what is necessary. So my dad gave me very strong lessons in discipline. Like his work ethic was amazing. I've seen him for 35 years wake up uh, and open his store at nine in the morning and shut it at 9 30 10 at night and he would not waver in between so discipline was one strong lesson i got from my dad the other big lesson i got from my dad was uh, uh, i started my venture in 2006 in 2009 um, i went under a loss of 25 lakhs most parents would freak out get scared beat their chest break their bangles saying what the hell you've lost money my dad just told me one thing he said, you're 23 years old. You are in a 25 lakh debt. Don't worry. Continue. By the age of 30, you'll be a millionaire. He didn't give me money. He gave me courage. And I think that is more 
valuable than just him giving money to me so i think courage and discipline these are the two things that i i took away from my dad's entrepreneurship experience i think that's sort of the very important thing that you have mentioned um rajiv giving courage to your kids when they are even you know at that particular moment are failing or not making it the way they want so another thing that you also talk about a lot is putting yourself in the environment of the people who support you and you know who pushes you to um you know achieve more and more uh so i think that's a, that's a very powerful lesson there so you mentioned a, a bit about you know going on a debt in 2009 and you know as a 23 year old that was like a big uh challenge for you at that moment right uh so i'm sure like you onto yeah please go ahead yeah so i th- that was the first round of debt i went into another round in 2012 which was bigger and better <laughs> so yeah i'm sure like your entrepreneurial journey was not a smooth ride there has been ups and downs so maybe why don't you go ahead and talk about some of the biggest challenges that you have faced and the lessons learned out of those challenges yeah so um i started as an entrepreneur in 2006 i started as a 20 year old kid my idea was to start a corporate training company because i was fascinated by teaching coaching supporting people uh, helping them learn and grow so i said i'll go out there and i'll teach corporates and their employees how to grow their business now uh, those of you are listening would uh, actually understand that for a 20 year old kid to think that is quite an irrational and a stupid idea i didn't believe it was a stupid idea until the market told me that so i had 102 rejections <laughs> uh so wow. that was my first level of challenge where i had 102 organizations that had meetings with the hr and training managers and i got the same answer you're too young you don't have any experience which was a very valid answer back then it would frustrate yeah, me how, how how did you get that idea of like getting into training overall so uh, what fascinated you what fascinated me about training was i'm actually a student of training i got impacted by training uh so uh, after my first year of bcom i had uh, applied for uh, an entrance exam for the National Law School of India University NLSIU in Bangalore and i missed the admission by 0.25 marks uh, so there are oh. 56 students that get taken in in general merit and i was number 57 so that broke my heart at that point of time that was the low and i happened to attend a workshop uh, within 2 months of that failure so at that stage of your life not not cracking coming so close and not cracking the exam was a failure so for me uh, this transformational training that i attended actually opened my eyes to hey you know what we are not equipped to handle situations in life uh, the the traditional education system is filled with garb this is real education so that's how i got fascinated by training and coaching i started watching a lot of videos uh, online back then um, and uh, i started reading a couple of books i'm not too much of a reader myself but i read a couple of books and i thought okay this is the space that i want to grow in so that's how the idea of my first business quantum leap came about so i went around got 102 rejections and then i cracked my first client uh, by saying don't pay me a penny uh, it was an mnc and i told them don't give me even 1 rupee give me a team give me a goal i'll coach that team to achieve that goal pay me on performance so that's how my my journey started as an entrepreneur for the first two years i did a quite a lot of assignments by myself but then i realized that i don't want to be a consultant i wanted to build a company um and i started hiring and i faced the most obvious challenge that my team could not do what i was capable of doing and that's when the second challenge happened on how do you build a team uh, in this business which is a people centric business so we kind of pivoted went into 
from coaching we took like a step down and went into soft skills leadership communication all those kind of trainings i thought that's a good way of developing my team that business was a very hard working business but a very hardly paying business in india uh, unfortunately True. trainers and coaches are not valued like anywhere else in the world purely because number one the the supply is too high every street nook and corner every second person on linkedin you see is a trainer coach consultant so True. so obviously the the demand and supply battle the the suppliers lose in in the indian market uh, so i did corporate training built the business the company had 110 clients so we had 110 logos flashing on our website so anybody would come to the website would be like wow inspiring being an indian origin training organization these guys have captured the market this way but the truth was we were not making money as business partners we would take nothing home so that's when i started my second business along with my then girlfriend now wife which was into events she was an expert at events then i started a recruitment business i started an outsourcing project management company and you know it felt good to have four logos on your business card and your business card reading serial entrepreneur but the truth still was that i was doing so many things because i was not making money out of my primary business and that has been my second big lesson that don't be an opportunist uh build one thing and scale it up uh i see a lot of small micro uh, and solo entrepreneurs who say i do real estate i do insurance i do mutual funds and i know that they're doing all of this not because they are experts at all of it or they love doing all of it they're doing all of it because one is not enough that one is not profitable that one is not scalable so i've had a whole bunch of interesting lessons on how as entrepreneurs we become desperate we don't make the right decisions we become opportunists and run behind wherever we see an opportunity without asking ourselves what do we want to build so i would say from 2006 to 2014 the first 8 years as an entrepreneur was tragic uh and the biggest proof of that uh, tragedy was i went bust twice once at the age of 23 i went into 25 lakh loss the bigger loss happened in 2012 when i was 26 i had these four businesses i had to shut the recruitment business down shut the outsourcing business down i went into a 70 lakh loss a 45 lakh personal debt and then from 2012 i still didn't learn my lesson till 2014 i was looking for shortcuts get rich quick methods someone told me do real estate joint venture facilitate that do copper scrap trading do that you'll make money so true in a sense i've been a disaster of an entrepreneur and uh, 2014 is when life changed so maybe you want to go ahead and talk about uh, that life changing moment or you know when you had that light bulb moment or the realization uh, that okay this is what you know uh, i have been doing wrong all my life yeah so the life changing moment actually happened at a bar uh what a spiritual place to have a life changing moment <laughs> i was sitting with a friend of mine i don't drink he drinks so he was four pegs down and uh, he looked at me and he said i want to tell you something bro i said go ahead he said you are a genius man i said what's wrong with you i'm telling you people are calling me and abusing me i owe them money and you're calling me a genius he said you work 16 to 18 hours a day correct i said yeah i work 16 to 18 hours a day he said you work 7 days a week correct i said yeah i work 7 days a week he said even after working for 16 to 18 hours a day 7 days a week you're not making money that's why you are a genius and i was like <laughs> i don't know if your audience understands hindi but i was like sale tu le raha hai ki de raha hai and uh, that conversation got me thinking that hey i've always had people around me tell me i'm very very intelligent uh, i've always had people appreciating me about my work ethic that i'm very very hard working and even after being intelligent and hard working if i'm not making money there's something wrong here 
So that's mm. the moment I realized that my definition of what it takes to be successful is actually wrong. It's not just about being intelligent and hardworking. There's something more to it. So that's when what I decided is I decided I want to go learn from people who've built successful businesses. What does it take to build a profitable and a scalable business and a brand? So I went across India. I interviewed 300 CEOs, like how you interview uh, uh, experts on your podcast show. I interviewed 300 uh, CEOs who built some of the most successful brands in the country. People like Kiran Mazumdar Shah of Biocon, Ashok Suta of Happiest Minds Technology, CK Kumaravel of Natural Salon and Spa. And out of these 300 interviews, I asked them only two questions. What is the psychology of building a successful business? Two, what are the systems of building a successful business? Because I thought it was a mindset game as well as a, uh, a system game. There's a method to the madness, according to me. Now, through these 300 interviews, I could identify common patterns. I took some of these common patterns and simplified it further for a small and medium business. Because when you're small, when you're micro, the rules are a little different from when you reach up that scale-up stage. So my interviews were focused with these people on when they were small and micro, what did they do to scale up? Uh, because we all read about the latest acquisitions of Biocon or the growth of Happiest Minds or the growth of Natural Salon. Today, we read about it in the newspaper. That information is not unique. It's available to us. But my interviews were focused on what did you do when you were micro, when you were small, when you were solo? What were those decisions that actually helped you scale up? So I took all of these lessons. I started applying it on my own business, translated it into a book titled Lead or Bleed. The book went on to be a bestseller. It was not intended. I would be a liar if I said that I was writing the book for it to become a bestseller. I had only two reasons to write a book. One, I thought my family and friends can read it and benefit from all these interviews. Two was that for me, this was like a legacy project. I was like, okay, I'll tell my kids at least if I was not that great an entrepreneur, I wrote a book. Okay, so <laughs> these are my two intentions. But when I launched the book, I had two shocks. Number one, none of my family and friends bought the book. They wanted it for free. <laughs> and second was that the book went on to become a bestseller in four categories on Amazon. I was like, shit, how is this happening? I mean, I tried everything and nothing True. worked. And now this book was intended just for learning and suddenly life is changing. And that's where mm. another big lesson came that when you do things for the right reasons, the right results happen. When you do things for the wrong reasons, for your selfishness, desperation, greed, the universe plays its game with you. It teases you. It seduces you into the opportunity and then does not give it to you. So I've had these bunch of interesting lessons through this journey. I think that's a very, um, you know, uh, interesting uh, way that you have summarized the whole thing. If you do things for the right reason, um, then, you know, universe rewards you in the way. And if you do things for the for yourself or for the wrong reasons, then, you know, the punishment comes along or, uh, you know, you you keep struggling. So that's that's uh, pretty interesting. One of the things that you said, you know, that you went on to interview these people and uh, you wanted to understand is the psychology of business so if you have to now, after, you know, so many years of interviewing those people and, you know, teaching a lot of people about the business and entrepreneurship, uh, what are those few things that you have seen or those trends that you have seen in terms of, you know, um, what, what, what is that psychology these uh, great entrepreneurs have, which... Uh, the struggling entrepreneur may be possibly uh, not thinking about? Oh, that's that's an easy one to answer because it was glaring in my face. The first thing I, I learned from all these people is that they are not the best person on their team. 
and if you see that that's very contradictory to most struggling entrepreneurs most struggling entrepreneurs are struggling because everything in their business is dependent on them they are the best individual on their team and all these people who built up scale uh, and have scaled up their businesses they are not the best on their team these are people who know how to nurture the best hire the best build the best uh, and not be the best uh, because the moment you are the best person on your team it's the worst for your business because everything is dependent on you and if everything's dependent on you you can never scale up so that was one glaring thing i mean for me that was a slap on my face because i always took pride for the first 8 years as an entrepreneur of being the best sales guy on my team being the best speaker trainer coach on my team being the best recruitment consultant on my team being the best call center onboarder on my project management business i was the best at everything so and i was proud of it and for me when i did this interviews i realized that uh, if you're intelligent you actually can't be rich you know we take pride <laughs> in our intelligence and i'm like wealth creation is a game of nurturing and creating an environment of intelligent people that's in, that's true intelligence so that was one big glaring lesson that if everything is dependent on you you're screwed you can't scale the second uh, big psychological difference that i saw in the people who scaled up and the people who haven't is people who've scaled up always know what they don't know they always know what they don't know and they are learning it okay and people who don't scale up people who get stuck in struggles and survival when they face challenges they don't say i don't know they say it is impossible like i meet a lot of entrepreneurs uh, while i train and coach thousands now on a monthly basis i meet a lot of small and medium entrepreneurs who say it's impossible to build a team in my business and i'm like no it's not impossible you don't know how to build a team in your business or people say it's impossible to have systems in the business and people uh, and it's impossible to get people to follow the systems no the truth is you don't know how to build simple systems and you don't know how to make sure that your team follows those systems so people who've been able to scale up they use the word i don't know i need to learn people who stay in struggling phase they are busy saying it's impossible to build a brand it's impossible to make money there's too much competition and they're not saying that they don't know they are not on the pursuit of learning that okay how do i build my capability in this area so that i can uh, challenge my challenge and overcome my challenges so these are two big differences that i saw wow i think those are very a uh, very powerful observation because yes i have seen you know a lot of people saying it's impossible to build the team or you know it's impossible to scale this business uh, or using those uh, you know words instead of saying i want to learn about this and i want to figure out or maybe get somebody who is already you know expert on this and help me uh, build this right so you talk about this is one of the like pillars that you you know teach on your base program as well and other programs as well which is building your team how you can you know, you know one can build a competent and committed team right yep. but i would like to understand what are some of the common insecurities or challenges that you have seen on people in building a team for their business i think the first big mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make is that they look at building a team as an expense a lot of them come back and say rajiv i hire people my overheads will go up i'm not making money already so how will i be able to pay salaries i think it's the other way around you start making money when you have a team because then you have distributed responsibilities you delegate and you start doing what's important you increase your bandwidth to be able to get business uh, so people who look at hiring as an expense are making a big mistake hiring is an investment and if you're not willing to make that investment you shouldn't be in business uh, so that's one big mistake i see when it comes to building teams the other big mistake i see entrepreneurs make when it comes to building teams is that uh, they want cheap talent 
they want to pay less but get the best it doesn't work that way you got to pay the price for talent uh, you may hire someone for a 15 20000 salary a month uh, for a sales job but the truth is you will end up doing the sales job and you will have this person you're paying a monthly fixed income i mean people need to understand that business is a game of doing the right things and uh, if you hire someone who's not getting a job anywhere there's a reason why that person's not getting a job anywhere because that person's unemployable now you got to decide are you an orphanage who's going to adapt these unemployables pay them a salary give them a job and do their work and not pay yourself then you should be nominated for bharat ratna because <laughs> you are doing more service to society than anybody else okay so i think uh, this thing of i want cheap talent there's nothing called cheap talent cheap and talent does not match okay you got talent comes at a price you got to be willing to pay that price and the third biggest mistake that i see entrepreneurs make is once they hire they think their job is done your job starts after hiring which means you need to manage you need to review you need to give people feedback you need to handle you need to train them coach them mentor them that's your job as an entrepreneur now some entrepreneurs argue with me saying rajiv if i have to do all this i might as well do it by myself now you can do the job for one person or two people by yourself but if you want to build a scalable business you got to be okay with hiring and hand holding people till they become capable now some entrepreneurs have a challenge in patience they say no 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 i don't have the time i don't have the patience i'm like okay when you make the statement saying i don't have the patience please firstly don't be proud of it okay there's nothing to be proud of that's like <laughs> acknowledging your biggest weakness because business is not a get rich quick scheme it's a get rich sure method if you are willing to put in the time and effort it would take you 6 months 8 months to nurture a team member and that investment that patience is way better than doing the task of the team member for the rest 40 years of your life so these are three big mistakes i see people make looking at hiring as an expense not hiring the right kind of people looking for cheap talent and not nurturing not being proactive in building the team that's why it's called building teams it's not called hiring teams so one has to True. be willing to build yeah and also uh, to add to that one of the biggest insecurities that a lot of people have is what if that person you know leaves my organization once i invest that amount of time and energy and efforts to train that team right and i'm sure you get this question a lot by people uh, so you know what what's your take on that i lick my lips when someone asks me that question because that's that's a question where i can feast on okay so here here's the reality about people leaving Nowadays marriages don't last leave alone team members lasting we are not living in an era where a person took up a job and then they would work in that company for 40 years and then take a retirement from that business that happened in our grandparents age that was the industrial revolution that's when that happened because there were no opportunities there were no jobs so a person got into a job they lived there like boss is always right even if the boss abused them they would not quit the job today we have more opportunities it's natural and it is normal for people to leave that is the first thing an entrepreneur has to accept before they start building a business it's natural and normal for people to leave if you get a heart fail or if you have a heartbreak because your team member is leaving then you are too fragile to be an entrepreneur you shouldn't be an entrepreneur then okay bigger organizations have more people leaving than smaller organizations even higher now you don't see a ceo of a big company beating his chest and saying hum lut gaye barbaad ho gaye because someone left So today's era if a person's working with you for 3 to 5 years and in those 3 to 5 years you are able to add value to them by teaching them and they are able to add value to you 
by contributing to the organizations it's a win win equation now if you are of the mindset that what's the point of training and coaching if this person will leave after some time then what's the point of even hiring them okay it's like it's like saying i've hired someone on my team but i won't give them the capabilities and the responsibilities i'll just pay them for free that's stupidity so one has to really understand this that one of the reasons why people leave is because they are not growing and why are they not growing because they are not capable why are they not capable because nobody is teaching so it's a chicken and egg situation so as an entrepreneur you got to really back yourself and say hey listen i will teach i will train i will create an environment which is positive i'll create an environment where people are learning and growing from a career point of view financial point of view i'll give them all the reasons to not leave even after that if they leave my quality of performance at my workplace is great because i'm doing all the right things awesome so let's switch a bit of gear and uh, you know one of the things that i'm fascinated about your own journey rajiv is the fact that you and your business partners have come along a long long way you guys stick together through some of the darkest phases in your businesses so i would like to understand you from your personal experience with working with your business partners what kind of understanding needs to be there for that kind of long uh, long partnership yep. or you know or or you know being being co-founders of an organization yeah so i get i get asked this question quite a bit when i go to startup forums for talks and what i find funny is that i've i've seen entrepreneurs come to these kind of meetups startup meetups and they're raising their hand and saying i'm looking for a co-founder is anybody there who'd like to partner along with me that's probably the worst way of partnering with someone because i truly believe that uh being business partners or being co-founders is a is a very very um, very very critical thing that's the start point that's the point of origin of your business and just because someone's free you tag them along as your business partner that's the worst way of starting or just because someone's your friend and you make them your business partner even worse okay or just because someone's your professional colleague and you say oh, chalo yaar let's quit together and start something of our own that's the worst for me the the key elements of a business partnership um is number one each person on the partner is say we are three of us here all three of us are very different and this is a big mistake people make they look at partnering with people who are exactly like them if you're partnering with people like who are exactly like you there's no point you need complementary strengths complementary skills complementary knowledge and complementary networks if your business really has to take the leverage of of all the partners okay which means what i am good at my business partners are not good at what they are good at i can't do it so you got to be like pieces of a puzzle that fit into each other not the same piece of the puzzle when you have three pieces of the puzzle which are the same it's a useless puzzle you can't do anything with it you can't create the picture perfect so the first biggest rule is that a great partnership is when you have complementary skills complementary strengths complementary attitude as well okay like in in the three of us i am the big dreamer i have my business partner karan who's the who's the detailed guy he'll break down the dream into details and show me the gaps okay and pranav is the driver he's the man who makes sure that everything gets executed okay so it's complementary mindsets also so that's the first first most critical thing one has to look at that do we have complementary skills otherwise what happens is at the workplace you take a team member and say chal let's start a business of our own let's say he's a coder you are a coder both of you are developers both of you are going to end up fighting as to who's going to go to market and sell the product 
and both of you are only going to end up competing with each other in terms of who's coding well who's who, who's who's uh, better in, in the development side of things so you got to give the second thing is you got to give each other space which means if that's your domain that's your domain and i trust that you are doing your best okay third you have to hold each other accountable so it's it's a paradox you got to give space and you got to hold each other accountable which means i trust you and trust is when we are willing to test each other so that accountability test is very very important so according to me it's complementary skills absolute trust and space and absolute accountability which means the goal comes first individuals come second we will hold each other responsible and we'll hold each other responsible in a respectful manner i will not call you an idiot i may disagree with your approach so i'll talk about your approach well, the challenge is most people haven't learned how to hold each other accountable they make sarcastic comments they taunt each other it becomes an ego battle and partnerships collapse because of that so accountability trust and complementary skills these are three ingredients of a great partnership well wow, i think those are really uh, great insights for people you know listening to these and also some people who are looking at partners for their business i think that would be a basic fundamental thing that you need to make sure when you are you know looking for partner for your business go to networking event and get somebody and you know i uh, start business together it doesn't work that way that's that's really a great insight uh, there rajiv uh, so you know a lot of my listeners um you know are the people who are on their job and you know looking at starting their own business right so what would be your suggestion to the people who would like to start a business while he is or she is still working on a job what what would be the uh, you know right approach so i'm going to give you a very non popular answer is that okay yeah sure go ahead look i i i am all for entrepreneurship i love being an entrepreneur i love helping entrepreneurs that's my business that's what i do for a living i work with more than 500 entrepreneurs on a one to one basis to help them scale their business so my my life thrives on entrepreneurship having said that i have a warning to give to people today entrepreneurship has become like a fad it's a fashion show everybody thinks it's cool to be an entrepreneur and i'm not for that mindset at all because entrepreneurship is the most uncool thing you can do and if you can accept that and still do it then great okay i mean i've seen people have the wrong reasons to start a business uh reasons like i want to make more money well if you want to make more money please talk to an entrepreneur and ask him how much money does he actually make and you will realize that for the first few years the entrepreneur makes nothing till they get the model right so are you willing to go through that phase of no income no consistent income if yes then check because this mindset of i want to make a lot of money is a myth in entrepreneurship the second thing is i want to have free time again reality check entrepreneurs work more than employees do okay so please have a reality so check true. okay third uh, i want to be my own boss well if your reason to becoming an entrepreneur is you want to be your own boss then the truth is that you don't want to be an entrepreneur you just don't like your existing boss so you need to find another job and find a new boss <laughs> okay and the fourth the the worst reason for being an entrepreneur is i want to be an entrepreneur that's the worst reason because people think it's a cool tag and here's what happens i've literally seen this happen day in day out i've seen people become an entrepreneur just because they want to be an entrepreneur they've started a business they suck at it they don't have the capabilities to run it but their ego is too big to go back so what do they do they end up struggling as an entrepreneur start living the lie saying it's not about the money it's not about uh, it's about my mission it's about my passion it's about my vision they give all these motivational garb to themselves damage their family's lifestyle damage their own self confidence on the inside and pretend to be cool and strong on the outside 
that's the story of most entrepreneurs now i've given you all the wrong reasons so someone must be wondering this guy should at least tell me one right reason for being an entrepreneur so there's only one right reason for being an entrepreneur the one right reason for being an entrepreneur is this if you are passionate and capable two words passionate which means you got to love doing what you do and you should have the capabilities to do what you want to do if you're passionate and capable of coming up with a product or a service idea for which people are willing to spend money look i run an investment company i ha- i get startup decks day in day out and some of those startup decks makes me cringe because the guy is not in touch with reality people are coming up with ideas thinking the market's going to shower money on them but you got to really be in touch with the market are people willing to spend money on the products or services i'm offering so you got i think there was time when people you know invested through money on the idea back in 2015 or 2014 that era is gone <laughs> it's gone yeah. i mean the amount of money that got burnt if people had just put it for charity we would have gotten out of poverty long time back okay <laughs> we just spent money on massaging egos of entrepreneurs and investors unnecessarily okay so here's the thing you got to be passionate you got to be capable and you got to create something that people are willing to spend their money on and you should you should have the vision and the ability to make it scalable because if it's not scalable you rather be in the job and here's one big disagreement i have with all the trainers coaches authors around the world all the trainers coaches authors the entire personal development industry has made job sound like a rat race has made jobs sound like has made people who are in jobs sound like they are a second class citizen helping someone else achieve their dreams i don't subscribe to that philosophy i believe if you are if your workplace is paying you well if you are doing what you are good at doing you enjoy doing it and the environment the people at the workplace are are good to be with and you are having time for yourself and your life beyond work there's nothing wrong in being in a job so i don't look at demeaning the job as a rat race okay i say this that yes entrepreneurship is the best vehicle for wealth creation job is the best vehicle for income generation now the truth is how many entrepreneurs are actually creating wealth very few they are not even generating income so a person needs to be well informed well educated and it's not education that you get in a business school is education in the real world okay so a person needs to be well informed to understand that hey listen firstly why do i want to quit my job if i have fallen into this trap of this propaganda that job sucks then i'm a victim okay probably think about it how can you be an entrepreneur and build a team and have this mindset of job sucks it's like it's like looking at your team members every day in your head and saying oh you are helping me make my dream come true loser you can't do that <laughs> okay so so true I, i i don't subscribe to this philosophy of job suck and therefore i like educating entrepreneurs on the right reason of being an entrepreneur something that is scalable something that you're capable of something that the market will pay money for something that you'll enjoy doing if you can check these four parameters then you're set for entrepreneurship you talk a lot about building the systems and strategy for the business which is the basis or uh, foundation of the uh, you know teachings that you do like three foundation if i have to say uh, that you have also mentioned a bit all the year and we have been discussing as well at the teams building a team and then having a systems in place for the business and developing the strate- strategies uh, you know to to uh, grow that business right so Uh, what are some of the problems that you feel today's entrepreneurs are facing with regards to building their business i think the first and the most basic problem is lack of education uh, no school no college no university teaches you entrepreneurship 
Uh, and the funny part is business is a science. I always say this business is a science. Creating a scalable business model, creating a profitable business model is a science. There are tools that you can use to come up with a scalable and a profitable business model. Creating marketing strategies to get new leads is a science. Creating sales systems to replicate sales and not be the only salesperson in your business is a science. Building a high performance team is a science. Creating clear role metrics, uh, measurement metrics, all of this is a science. The unfortunate part is most entrepreneurs are doing business by default and they're still successful, which is brilliant. So, which means if you get this education and then apply it in your business, you can, you can skyrocket the results of your business. So the first big challenge I think entrepreneurs face is lack of education. That's, that's the most basic challenge. The second big challenge that I see entrepreneurs have is uh, very few people are willing to learn and they are the ones who are, who are actually growing fast. Uh, which, see, I always say this, success is easy. The reason I say success is easy because most of the planet is not pursuing it. You become so true. you become a little more proactive and you are ahead of the game. You're way ahead of the game. Okay, So you, all you need is proactiveness. Uh, a lot of people are not proactive. They're reactive. They're firefighting in their business. They're stuck in day-to-day operations. They're not even thinking about growth. They're not even thinking about goals. Okay, For me, I have a simple radar. I, I keep going back to this. I say this to people. The poor is the poor people are thinking of how to make money to survive the day. The middle class are thinking about how to make money to survive the month. The rich are thinking about how to make money to achieve the goals of the year. And the wealthy are thinking about how to make money to create for the generations. And I tell people, here's your reality test. Ask yourself, what is what is your timeline of worry of money? I'm sure it won't be day because if it would be day, you wouldn't be listening to podcasts. Okay. Uh, it it most people fall into month, even entrepreneurs. They're they're thinking about how will I pay salaries on time, rent on time, EMI on time, credit card bills on time. Then you're stuck in the middle class game. And the key is to build, to ask yourself, what are the rich doing different? Once you become rich, what are the wealthy doing different? Now I know when I use these words rich and wealthy, a lot of people cringe because a lot of people nowadays have this thing of money is not everything in life. Look, I'll tell you something. I agree money is not everything in life. If your health is screwed, money is meaningless. If your relationships are screwed, money is meaningless. But at the same time, I I don't like the fact that someone who does not have money says money is not everything. The only time you have the right to say money is not everything is when you made the money. Because if you're saying money is not everything without having the money, that's, that's your way of covering up your incapability of making money. And a lot of people cover up their incapability by pretending to be spiritual. That's my problem. Nowadays, spirituality has become so easy. Anybody can download apps that give you spiritual meditations and you feel you are levitating like Buddha. Okay, It's not the way the world works. Money is important. And the day you fail to see it as important, you start falling in business. Then business is not your game. Go be in a charity then. Okay, So I believe that as entrepreneurs, we got to have these parameters for ourselves. I say this, a batsman is as good as the runs they score. An entrepreneur is as good as the money he makes. Now, some people don't like it because they say it's vision. Is this? And yes, it's there. Of course, it's a given you got to be passionate. It's a given you got to have a bigger purpose. It's a given you got to add value to people. That's a given. Let's stop talking about that. Okay. Everybody knows that now. Help. Everybody says you know, need to know your why. You know what the challenge of most entrepreneurs is? They all know their why. They don't know how. And nobody's talking about how. Somebody tell an entrepreneur how to build a team, how to build system, how to build strategy. 
that is real education that they will value and that will change their life not just telling them you got to have a deeper why deeper purpose okay great i have a why i have a why i want to i want to make a difference i want to scale up i want to travel the world i have all of these why's now what so i think there's a lot of misinformation and lack of education both happening simultaneously and i think another thing uh, obviously as you mentioned is not willing to learn right so you you talk about how you spent you know a lot of money in your own self education when you were in the worst phase of your life uh, investing in the programs and learning and then that's how you know uh, you were able to make things for yourself and you know come out of the challenging situation of the darkest phase in your life so i think that's a very important lesson there for the people listening out there who uh you know assume that you know learning is is not for me or going out and and i think that's the, the problem with you know looking out for information uh with a lot of people what i realize is what is this person going to teach me or what am i going to learn from you right so not not um uh you know valuing the person who is giving the information which might get them or which which might help them make millions of dollars uh on the business yeah so again for me I'm glad you brought up that entire learning phase of my life. So in 2014, I I started two learning exercises for myself. One was going and interviewing those 300 business leaders, which was I think phenomenal learning. The other thing is I invested a lot in training and coaching. I went and attended programs of trainers and coaches from around the world. I invested 40 lakh 67 thousand rupees in my re-education while I was in a 45 lakh personal debt. Now, a lot of people ask me, where did you get the money from? Well, the answer is simple. I borrowed money. I begged for money from friends. Okay, I used every line of credit I had. Now, was all the forty lakh sixty-seven thousand rupees worth it? No, I went and attended some trainers and uh, coaches programs that were a sham. I understand that this industry has people who are just scamming people as well, but that didn't kill my belief that okay, there is not good knowledge available out there. I went and found some really good coaches for myself who helped me build and understand uh, my mistakes and correct those mistakes for myself. So I think uh, I I see a lot of people when when you know being a trainer speaker or a coach in India is like a abuse like the moment you tell someone oh I'm a trainer speaker coach they kind of look down upon you and I empathize with people who look down upon such people because everybody is calling themselves a trainer coach speaker I call I trainers coaches and speakers ask me Rajiv you built such a huge business in this industry how have you done it I have only one answer to them because i am not a trainer coach speaker i am an entrepreneur i have built businesses okay so you got to build a business because unless you don't build a business how do you know how to teach people how to build a business you can't give what you don't have so even to even to entrepreneurs who are looking for teachers who are looking you you got to always ask if i if if an entrepreneur wants to learn how to create a podcast show he should not come to rajiv talreja he should come to bijay why because bijay has been there and done that bijay has proof of of results right so whoever you are learning from you should always seek proof of results and with the digital age with over information available everybody today is turning a camera on and calling themselves an entrepreneur a coach a trainer a, a india's leading this and india's greatest that and i'm like oh god guys this is not the way it's supposed to be done like i know people who who hire luxury cars just to take a video shot of themselves to showcase that they've made it in life guess what you're going to be bare naked on stage when people come and see through you that you are empty and hollow 
I think it's interesting that you made this point. Uh, this morning itself, I was re- reading this article about a guy uh, who called himself India's youngest IPS officer. And he was a motivational speaker going and giving all the speeches and, you know, uh, painting the Bharat Sarkar on his car and, you know, doing all that gigs. And uh, and then police took him in custody because all, it all was fake. He was just faking the whole thing. He was just a 12th standard yeah. pass. Exactly. So every industry has that, unfortunately. Now, my if if your listeners are lis- uh, as they are listening, I have only one appeal to them: learn from someone who's been there and done that. Identify the skill you need to learn, and check if someone's been there and done that. And don't just get fooled by digital presence of people. I do a lot of digital content, and I'm telling you this: my team is very very proactive about not doing any kind of paid like campaigns. Okay, because you have some some guy from some co- village in some country in the world, and that guy is liking your page because Facebook is boosting that. Now people are going into these traps. They are seeing someone with 8.5 million followers. They think, oh, he's God's gift to mankind. It doesn't work that way. See content. See the content of the person. See the intent of the person. That will tell you whether this is good enough or not. Yeah. So it's 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 a great space. So I'm 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 very inquisitive. What's going to happen in the next three years in the learning space in India? Because it's booming. So many people are getting into it. So many people are getting out of it. So many people are wanting to begin to learn. It's going to be a very very fascinating time. Absolutely. So I have just got a few more questions uh, before we jump into enlightening round. Yeah. Um. So uh, Rajiv, um, one of the things that you have you know mentioned during the program, uh, you know that I attended uh, of yours, uh, is uh, you know. And which I could also relate a lot is that, you know, you being an introvert, right? I myself, when it comes to one too many or when I'm on stage, like I'm good at it, but I really struggle when it comes to having one-to-one conversations uh, unless I have something to discuss with that person, right? So have you found a way to become better at it? Or is there something that, you know, you you have been doing to, uh, you know, uh, get better at it? So I keep oscillating, Vijay, in all honesty. Uh, the oscillation has been between sometimes feeling I'm an introvert. That's how I am. And that's how I want to be. It's okay. There's nothing wrong in it. And sometimes it has been, no, I need to challenge myself. I need to get out of my comfort zone. I need to have conversations with people. I need to je- uh, connect with people, uh, talk non-work conversations. It's easy, it's easy for me to talk work. Okay. And that same for me. And yeah. that's, 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 that's probably an introvert's curse when they love doing what they do, they can only talk about it. Right. So uh, in that sense, I found my peace and balance with the fact that I know who, who are the important people in my life. It's my, it's my wife, it's my parents. And uh, so I'm, I don't give myself the reason of I'm an introvert with them. Okay. I, I'm outside. I'm connecting. Absolutely. I'm having conversations. Yeah. I'm listening. Right. I'm doing all of that. Um, and I spare myself from the champagne clinging glasses uh, in those page three parties. I spare myself from those kind of environments because I don't fit in. I genuinely don't fit in. I can't. I don't want to. Okay. So um, I've kind of found my peace there saying it's okay to be an introvert, but then that cannot be a reason to not connect with the people who love you the most and who you love the most. And at the same time, you don't have to be in environments and be someone else that you're not just because that's the norm. Yeah, I think I, you know, kind of struggle uh, in in that space myself a lot because, as as you said, I don't feel, you know, I I just don't fit on those environments, and I often feel that, you know, 
uh, why am I here? I just don't fit uh, in this environment. So I just wanted to, you know, know how do you feel about that? Because oh, I feel you know, that I feel that, that a lot of times. It's okay. <laughs> it's just normal. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, thanks for uh, you know that reassurance. So, um, what would be your message to that uh, you know twenty years old Rajiv in twenty five lakhs theft in two thousand nine? I think I the only thing I would look back and say you did the right things because everything that happened has led to this moment. So it's perfect. I mean, I don't know if there was anything else I I could have, should have, or uh, thought of doing. So, I, yeah, I just look at it as if we are all just connecting the dots. And uh, uh, Rajiv, you are so much fun to listen to. And if I don't talk about this on this podcast, then this would be incomplete. And I even posted on Instagram saying that this guy should be on some of those stand-up comedy because you know you make it you know so fun, and you are such a fun person to listen to. And you know your energy by this time, my listeners must have uh, you know got a sense of the passion and energy that you bring on the table. Uh, and you know you keep traveling and uh, speaking a lot around the world. So what are some of the practices that are non-negotiable for you to keep that energy up now you made me sound like i'm some philosophical genius who does seven chakra healing in the morning uh, <laughs> but in all honesty i keep it very very simple i, I like i prepare um, every time i go up on stage i prepare because i feel that if uh, if i don't prepare and when i mean by preparation i don't sit and write my script but i write key pointers uh, like a timeline for myself Purely because I feel uh, if I don't do that, I'm taking the stage for granted. The stage is new every day. The audience is new every day. You may be speaking the same thing for the hundredth time, but the person sitting there in the audience is listening to it for the first time. So I prepare. So for true. me, that's my one way of staying grounded. Second is I celebrate the fact that I get the opportunity to go speak on stage because in all honesty, if someone would have asked me, Rajiv, would you be traveling across the world teaching entrepreneurs how to scale their business, speaking on some of the biggest stages, sharing the stage with some of the greats of the world, if they would have told me this four years back, I would have laughed and said, Pagal, yeah. Okay. But the truth is that uh, for me, whatever I do today, I look at it as a blessing. So I, I'm always in this gratitude mode, thanking God for this. And the third thing is I like to keep it real. Uh, I can't fake it. Um, I like I cringe when I watch people who put up an accent and, and try to be very eloquent. I said, let's leave that for Shashi Tharoor. We can't speak that language. <laughs> okay. uh, so I like to be real. I like to, I like to um, take things from everyday life, uh, thoughts from everyday life and, and, and put it out on stage. Speak the unspoken that is obvious to everyone. That's when people connect to you. Uh, so I, I don't like going in this very, very professional mode of speaking and teaching where I say, hi, my name is Rajiv Talrija. I'm going to teach you three points. I'm like, what shit? Who talks like that in real life? Nobody does. Okay, nobody does. So I like to keep my tone, my 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 way, my approach very casual and real. And I think uh, you know that helps audience connect up, you know, in in much better way to you when you are on stage as compared to I have attended other programs as well. Um, you know, and and you know some of these are like a very renowned people, global people, and somehow I could feel that I couldn't connect with them, but. Uh, when you were there on the stage, I could instantly connect because, you know, you bring those real life daily stories. And uh, so I could I could essentially feel that this person is one of us. Yep. Like he is not somebody who just, uh, you know, if I use your word, somebody who just dropped on the stage and started yep. talking. Right. So this guy is one of us. So that's awesome. So are you ready for the enlightening round? Let's go for it. Let the lightning strike. 
<laughs> All right. So, um, Rajiv, you travel around the world to inspire entrepreneurs and share them uh, the strategies and how to grow and build a business. So, uh, you know, you have inspired so many people out there. So what inspires you to do everything that you do? I think um, I am always reminded of this one day when I was bust uh, and I had 100 bucks in my wallet and uh, that 100 bucks got stolen. And that was 100 bucks for filling fuel in my Activa so that I could go for a sales meeting. And when I work with entrepreneurs, I've consciously chosen to work with micro, small and medium entrepreneurs. Though I get a lot of corporate offers, I prefer working with micro, small and medium entrepreneurs because I feel that that is one audience that everybody ignores. Uh, and that's the audience, if I'm able to extend support to, that's actually the audience that is the real economic engine of this country. So what inspires me is that I am providing my know-how, my, my knowledge, my strategies and systems to people who value it, who need it and add the maximum value to this country. And knowing that I didn't have someone like, like me through my struggles, that, that inspires me the most that I am able to be that someone for somebody else. Which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? One daily habit has been to switch off from work. Uh, I consciously switch off from work. I mean, me and my wife have a ritual of one and a half hours of undiluted conversations with each other, not even watching television together. Because I think, uh, I always say this, as entrepreneurs, you will never run out of work. You can go on 24-7. But the key is to switch off, give yourself that break, understand that your work is a part of your life and it's not your life. Uh, live that holistic life and then come back the next day with full energy. Could you share a book or two that has influenced you in the recent past? I would obviously recommend Lead or Bleed, the book I authored. Shamelessly, promotion, oh. ad break, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> buy the book. Okay, But jokes apart, yeah. um, I think the Bhagavad Gita has been my biggest inspirational book. There's, uh, I'm not a right-wing Hindu fundamentalist. I'm just saying that it has great deep knowledge. Um, and it's, it's probably the book that uh, is on my bedside every day. I just kind of open a page, read a summary, and it, it kind of gives you a life lesson. So the Bhagavad Gita is one book. Uh, quite early on, it was uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. I really loved the way he simplified the laws of leadership in that book. So these would be two books. So Rajiv, if you were to start this success journey all over again, what are those three things that you would have done differently? Like I said earlier, I think I would have done the same things. And I'm, I, I mean it when I say it purely because of the fact that I'm a true believer that everything that happens with us is for us. So even the bad times happened so that it could lead up to this level of depth, maturity, understanding. So if I were to say that, no, I wouldn't want my bad face to happen, then this good face wouldn't have happened. So in all honesty, there's nothing I'd like to change. Awesome. So uh, could you share online tool or app that you use on a regular basis? Maybe that has helped you in terms of becoming more productive or maybe, you know, being more organized or, uh, or you know, of that, sort, so the, of that sort. So being a millennial, I'm an outdated millennial. I'm not too much of an app guy. The only apps that actually help me is, is, is Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, okay, Twitter, these, Instagram. I live my life on these platforms, but otherwise I'm not the tech fascinated guy who says okay let me try this meeting scheduling tool or let me try this crm solution i'm a traditional notebook and pen guy and i believe truly that writing is a phenomenal practice okay so i i journal stuff i have a planner which is pen and paper based 
I completely believe in pen and paper. I've still not upgraded. I'm outdated in this way, so don't take my advice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, Rajiv. We have come to an end of enlightening round. I have one more question, but before that, I would like to thank you so much for sharing all the insights. And if people would like to learn more about you and connect with you, and obviously you may want to talk about the new thing that you are cooking up and posting a lot about on your Instagram, uh, what is that, and how can basically people connect with you? So I'm not going to tell you what the new thing is because my team will kill me. We're doing the launch on the sixth of June. uh so uh this podcast will go live after that okay. so you can no come on instagram ladies and gentlemen <laughs> that's all i would say <laughs> even bijay should not all know right. it i can't reveal it so uh cool. yeah but the best way of reaching out to me is uh, either people can visit my website rajivtaleja.com it's r a j i v t a l r e j a.com or they can just search rajiv taleja on facebook linkedin instagram i'm very active i answer all questions i'm on the phone all the time Um, because my business is working without me so i'm jobless so that's all i do yeah so uh, yeah i'd love to connect with people and entrepreneurs yeah all right guys make sure that you check rajiv he is one of those people who is worth following in business in india and make sure that you pick his book lead or bleed uh phenomenal insights out there and if you happen to uh you know come across one of his seminars on your cities i highly 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 recommend his programs because i have been there and i have i know you know the kind of content that he teach and i know the systems that he you know teaches are superb and well researched as rajiv says you know business is a science and he teaches you those science so you know that's uh, that just go ahead and follow him and learn more from him and ask him questions uh, about the business or the challenges or struggles that you are facing on your business so rajiv here's the last question for you let's go for it so imagine that there is this largest ever built stadium in this world i have seen you talking to 1700 entrepreneurs but this one is the largest that has ever been built in the history of the world which can you know accommodate millions of people and there are a millions and millions of entrepreneurs let's say or maybe people okay let's let's take entrepreneurs out of the equation and let's say people millions of people sitting on that stadium and eagerly and passionately waiting to listen to you and you were given only 1 minute of the time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life what would be your message well i think it's a very straightforward thing because this something has changed my life so i would say this if you're not willing to learn nothing can help you and if you're determined to learn nothing can stop you go and learn thank you so much rajiv it has been phenomenal having conversation with you thank you bijay thank you for having me on the show there you have it you can access all the links and resources mentioned on this episode at theinspiringtalk.com/six 565 i hope you learned something or got some inspiration if you did make sure that you share this episode with your friends and family on facebook twitter and instagram please help me in spreading these amazing insights shared by rajiv with as many people possible i'm sure the insights on this episode will change the way you do your business Rajiv's content has changed my perspective and the way I look at my business and I'm sure it will change yours as well. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring.